Blog Talk Radio.
evening, everyone, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in this evening. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. And we do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. I will tell you that there are a little few technical difficulties we're dealing with, so, you know, put your question there and we'll see what happens. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, then you can call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227 and listen via phone or please use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Okay, does everybody remember all the hype about December 21st, 2012? I'm sure you all do. Well, we're still here. The world didn't blow up. We weren't overrun by aliens. The Third World War didn't break out. The sun didn't go nova. And the date was really considered a non-event. And we assumed the prophecies were wrong. But nothing could be further from the truth. Something has been happening and something continues to happen. The frequencies bathing our solar system have been undergoing radical alteration due to our relative position in the galaxy and, in turn, our galaxy's relative position in the universe. And I have to say, if you haven't been feeling it, well, God bless, because (laughs) the rest of us are getting jolted pretty much constantly. But what's the tremendous influences are occurring? What are they? Will they continue to occur? How will they affect us? Will it get better? (laughs) And what does it mean for us? Well, my guest tonight is here to enlighten all of us. Gwilda Wiaka is considered by many to be today's foremost expert on the modern-day application of the shamanic principle. She is the founder, director, and owner of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a Colorado State-certified occupational school that trains and certifies shamanic practitioners and instructors. And as a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine, she provides instruction to medical doctors on the modern interface between shamanism and allopathic medicine for the University School of Medicine's complementary and alternative medicine course. She holds a BS in psychology and is also a certified massage therapist. She has studied shamanism for 40 years, has been a practitioner for 30, and a teacher of the shamanic arts since 1996. She conducts workshops and seminars throughout the world, is an experienced inspirational speaker and singer-songwriter, and she's joining us tonight to discuss her newly released book, So We're Still Here, Now What? Thank you so much for joining us, Gwilda. How are you being this evening? Hey, I'm being okay, considering how everything's rocking. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. First of all, the name of your book, So We're Still Here, Now What? Yeah, that's a good question. That you put on your cover what everybody is thinking, but also what they want it answered. You know, December twenty first, two thousand twelve is over, and yeah, now what? You speak primarily about shamanism. So, just so that everybody who's listening is on the same page and understands what that is, would you define shamanism for us? I'll be glad to. Um, first, I'll tell you that it's not the de- the definition I'm giving you is not the one that's anthropological. The anthropological definition of shamanism is a magical practice um, and or religion, uh, whereby the practitioner talks to the spirit world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how it appears from the outside. 
But actually, shamanism is an organized set of rituals that helps the practitioner focus their ability to manage matter at the quantum level. And the spirit realm that we're talking about is actually a metaphorical representation on the landscape of our imagination to make sense to the mind of what's actually going on at the quantum or energetic level. So when I speak of spirit, I'm speaking of the energetic level, not religion. Yeah, okay, that's good, because, uh, you know, we, we don't really speak a lot about religion on this show. We speak about everything on the energetic level, and people understand it that way. When I say spirit, I'm saying the same thing. It's not, I'm not bringing a religion into it. It's just the way that energy works, and this is what it is. <laughs> so that that's how we approach it, too. You've been practicing shamanism for decades, actually. How did you get involved in in the shamanic arts? Well, actually, it was um, out of desperation. <laughs> um, okay. I, I kind of came into the world. I was, you know, wired very sensitive. Um, and then my uh, young years were pretty traumatic, and my life kind of depended on using my sensitivity to to feel when somebody was going to pop off and give them wide berth. So really, I kind of honed it to a fine edge to survive as a kid, but then I didn't know how to turn it off. And by the time I was, you know, in my early, early 20s, um, I was really, I was starting to fail. My adrenals were fried. I was in fight or flight all the time because I'm getting all this input from everybody's emotions all around me, not knowing who's are mine or what's what. And, and it, you know, I was not doing well. And fortunately, I met my first teacher, who was a Lakota elder at the time, and he taught me to work with the shamanic journey trance and how to find the on-off switch, if you will, so that I can use my gift if I need it, but I'm not bombarded by it when I don't. So that is part of shamanism. So actually, you were born sensitive. Do you consider yourself um, psychic? Yeah, psychic is a shamanic skill. Um, absolutely, I am. I can be. Um, and I can train most people to be, actually. So, yeah, you know, I'm, that, I'm psychic, among other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I know that being, in, I mean, we're all intuitive, and everybody can flex that muscle and, and hone that skill so that you can become more intuitive to the point where you are psychic. And as an energy therapist, I pick up on people's energy as well. So, you know, sometimes you just know something but i don't consider myself and i get yelled at by my psychic friends to be psychic because i don't have a plaque out there that says hey psychic readings do you know what i mean exactly exactly no, and I'm, I don't, I'm that's why that. i kind of hesitate too i don't i don't um consider you know i don't put myself out like that because that's not really what i'm about even though i can do that um mm-hmm. what i find is more important is let's see uh what we want to create and uh clear what's between us and creating that rather than just oh, what's going to happen to me, and look down there, and if we don't change anything, see what's going to happen. So I kind of approach it from a different standpoint. So like I, I'm with you, I don't like to be necessarily put myself out as a psychic. Yeah, yeah, it's just not something that I feel comfortable doing. I know that we're all intuitive, so I tend to kind of stick with that. You know, you write about so many other topics as well. It's really quite diverse. You've got everything going on here, astrology, astronomy, physics, anatomy, nutrition, the chakras, the Mayan calendar, uh, indigenous legends, and I'm not even touching on everything, but that's a lot right there. How do all of those topics relate to shamanic evolution and our own personal empowerment? It's it's amazing because what's happening right now is we're moving into a time of unity. So uh, in t- uh, in December 12th, um, excuse me, December 21st, 2012, is when we actually moved out of the fourth world of the Mayan calendar and into the fifth world. So it was the end of the fourth world, but not the end of the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. The fourth world was characterized by uh, polarization and dog-eat-dog kind of existence, parasitic kind of existence. And our whole 
you know, system built up around that particular energy because that's what was being supported at the time. But now we're moving into a time of unity and synergy and uh, synchronistic, you know, synergistic relationships uh, and, and interaction with things. And what that means is as we come closer to unity, all these diverse topics actually have been talking about the same thing. And mm-hmm. so they they all are really coming together right now, just like um, you know shamanism and, and medical science is coming together right now, um, and that's that's why they're you know we're all addressed in the book is because they all are an important aspect of where we're going and how we can get there. I agree with you. It's just that I've never met anyone who could speak to it so well as you do in your book. Each topic, because usually oh. people can only speak to one, but you do a heck of a job getting it across in all the different areas. Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you must have been told that before. It's just, it makes so much sense when I read it, and I think, wow, she's got it all together. This is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I agree. We're coming into a time of unity. And when, when I saw things starting to happen, and it wasn't just last year. People say, no, things st- started happening in 2012. No, they didn't. It started years ago. The masculine energy leaving and the feminine energy coming in, that was discussed an awful lot. Yes, yes, because, um, you know, we go through the ages. There's 12 ages in the horoscope, and, and that's one of the ways that these changes of, you know, what, what it's charting is our relative position in the universe, and our relative position in the universe dictates the energies that we're being bathed in, and different energies from different relative positions support different things. And there's uh, times when we're in the highest frequency or most balanced or most unity frequency. And that's in the age of Leo and the age of Aquarius. And there's a time when we're in the most polarized energy or, um, you know, most, you know, least unified. And that's in the age of Taurus and the age of Scorpio. The age of Taurus is in the most um, polarized towards the masculine imbalance. We don't mean men. We just mean the masculine. And the feminine basically languishes. Well, we're coming out of the long dark during that period of imbalance. Now, if you go into Scorpio, then you're looking at the imbalance in the feminine. So it just kind of cycles around. But each of these ages, and there's 12 of them, last over 2,000 years. So it's been a long, long time that we've been moving through a very dark period uh, where there's a lot of polarization and not much lighter unity. Now, as we're moving into Aquarius, we're coming in actually into a time of balanced masculine feminine uh, energies, which is, and that's why it's so um, high frequency. That's why there's so much light during this time, is because of the balance factor. Not necessarily leaving one and going to the other, but coming back into balance. When we leave the age of Aquarius and start moving on back around the pike, we'll actually be moving into the imbalanced feminine energy. But it's all a matter of what we experience and when we're there. Right, and that's not for another two thousand years. Oh, yeah, actually, more than that. Yeah, because it's. Um, Oh, um, yeah, more like 6,000, wouldn't it be? Because it's halfway around. And right, 12,000 okay. years of, it's, We're 12,000 years away from Leo. Yeah. Um, and Scorpio is halfway between there and Leo, so it would be about 6,000 years before we go into the long dark and the age of Scorpio. Yeah, the um, you know, it's funny because when we talk about the masculine and feminine energy, with all of everything that's going on in the world, and and I let's just take weather, <laughs> with all of that, I'm thinking the masculine energy does not is not wanting to give up. It's going out kicking and screaming here because it just doesn't want to share with the feminine energy, it seems to me, because I'm looking at these storms, and it is a crazy imbalance. I mean, we, we're on the East Coast here, and we have seen 
what was it, a week ago Monday, okay, it was like 38 degrees when I woke up, and I'm walking around the house freezing, wearing mucklucks and a sweats and a sweater. Three days later, it's 90 degrees, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, the difference is crazy. You've got flooding and fires and tornadoes like we've never seen before. It is incredible energy that is out there right now. Can we attribute that to the fact that we're coming into this balance and this is how we need to get there? Well, there's a lot of things going on, and um, I mean, our entire uh, solar system is moving into a higher frequency part of the universe, and the, um, the the electromagnetic field that the sun puts out all the way around the solar system is getting bombarded with this higher frequency, which is exciting the pl- plasma there, and all the all the planets are heating up. The sun herself is heating up, and then reflecting that back at the planets. Then the planets are responding by reflecting that back outward. So we're moving into a really, really high frequency uh, um, or expansive frequency time. But the problem is, so the Earth is responding to the sun, and so she's raising her frequency. The uh, solar system is, is, I mean, the uh, sun, the the electromagnetic field of the sun is responding and heating up the entire solar system with this frequency. But people aren't moving. Society is trying to hold down into the old deadlock matrix way of being. And so we're getting hit from, we're putting the candle at both ends. The, the earth is, is rearing up in her own, and the sun is baking down on us with the, the light, and we're just kind of sitting in the middle, getting the chains shaken out of our pockets. <laughs> yeah, we really are. I mean, I don't, it's funny because there are people who are noticing it and saying, and, you know, they're noticing everything. things are different, I'm feeling different, I'm not reacting the same way, I can't think straight, I might feel like I'm going all over the place, I'm very scattered. And then there are other people who aren't noticing anything at all. And I can't believe that there are people who are not noticing anything at all. Well, it's just a matter of where we're resonating. Um, there's and, and I, I've always said there has to be every rung on the ladder for there to be a ladder. And so mm-hmm. everybody needs to be where they are, and that's okay. So without people holding, holding tight to the old frequency, the old way of being, the foundation for the next movement wouldn't necessarily be there. So I don't see a, a right or a wrong about it, but... There are mm-hmm. some people are just really locked down into a set frequency, and they're pretty much oblivious to what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. And those of us that are, are, are uh, processing through and evolving through, because it's our job to access and maintain the higher frequency, or the more expansive frequency, if you will, then we're looking around us going, holy moly, you can't see this? I mean, I look outside my window, and the light is changed. It's almost halogen. The plants, everything, it looks like to be a different color. And I talk mm-hmm. to my students and say, do you see that? And they go, yeah, I see that. But I mention it to the guy at the post office, and he looks at it and he goes, huh? <laughs> I don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just sunny today, you know. And, yeah, and you know, you do the statistics on what kind of earth changes we're having. I mean, the statistics don't lie. Right. And yet people have their head in the sand. Yeah, I think that they, you know, I guess some people are just happier going about whatever it is that they have to do and not mm-hmm. really noticing anything else or feeling anything else. I, I don't, you know, I don't think that everybody needs to. And I agree there, you know, you have to have all these different uh, vibrations and frequencies going so that you can make up the rungs of the ladder. That's absolutely true. Um, but I just, it, sometimes it's just so strong that you you wake up and you think, oh, my God, it is so strong. The energy is just crazy, crazy. And then something happens, and you know that's what it was. 
you hear about yes. there was a tornado uh-huh. or a flood or a fire or, you know, and I'm not talking about a little fire. I'm talking about these massive, you know, hundreds of acres of fires and the tornado. Yes, in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah, yeah you're seeing all of that. It's um, it is, It's pretty amazing at this time to be living at this time. And, and and there's something, and I think there's been, you know, you cite an awful lot of several, uh, several galactic events that are converging at this time. And, and the resulting frequency shifts that affect humanity. And I'm wondering, because I noticed it after Michael Jackson passed away, and I think that was, was that 2009? I'm not even sure. It was a yeah, few years sure. ago. Mm-hmm. But after that, I started looking at the newspaper a little bit differently. And I'd go to the, you know, you, everybody reads the obituary section, and I'd see that it was growing more so than it ever had before. Mm-hmm. And I've asked people, I've said, are you noticing that people are like just, popping off the planet left and right. I mean, it, to me, it feels like there's a lot more people that are leaving than there ever have been, you know, in like the past 20 or 30 years. Is this something that you see? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's actually um, in this country, if for the first time in gosh knows how long, there's fewer being born than there are dying. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, you know, and the frequency, it just doesn't uh, accommodate in you know when we start getting in ill health or when we when we start aging because we're not processing okay what happens is our frequency starts to drop and there's a frequency below which you cannot maintain life there's a frequency above which you cannot maintain physicality okay and so we have this band that we live in but what's happening now is that band is raising because the frequency that the entire solar system is being bombarded with is raising and so now where before we could maintain physical life at a particular frequency we really can't anymore and so people are being confronted with you either have to face and process out your pain your pain body the things that are in imbalance or yeah, throw in the towel and come back another time and a mm-hmm. lot of people are choosing door number two and I, thank you for saying they're choosing it, because I said to people at one point, there's a lot of people opting out. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, it is a choice. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, no, no, it really is a choice. Because the way that people are, are leaving the planet, there's a lot of strange, freaky accidents happening right now. We Now, maybe it's technology and we didn't hear about all these things before, but I don't think so. I don't oh, think I'm, that's what I'm, it is. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. And it's like, you know, what what we could get away with before. I, I view it like, you know, you're driving a car. And, and you're going 30 mile an hour. You turn the wheel and it responds in a particular way, okay? You're driving the same car at 110 mile an hour. You turn the wheel the same way. You have a whole different result. Right. And so we're moving so much faster now that the things that we used to have the leeway to do or to get away with, we don't anymore, whether it's our health our emotions, or just driving down the highway. That's very. That's a good way to put it. I like. I like the the way that you just worded that because, it, yeah, it, it is. We are going so much faster, and I think that's what it is. Even, I mean, some of the accidents that I've heard about are just freakishly weird accidents that you don't hear about. You know, somebody has a, a skiing accident and hits their head, and then they die a couple of days later. There's an awful lot of that going around right now. Oh yeah, there's a there lot really of that is. going around. I've heard a lot about that, and I'm like, wow, I've never heard about so many people falling, hitting their head, and dying from that. Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. There's a lot of that going around. There's a lot of freakish storm activity that's taking people out. You know, and 
it, it, and people will say, but they didn't opt out. The storm came. It's like, hey, see, you know what? I just, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, you know, when we start processing out our damage and the places where we've been become frozen and numb um, because of the damage of, you know, generations of living in a, a lower frequency time, we start having, I know I certainly have, these promptings. And it, it, when, you're, when you're first starting to work with it, it's kind of hard to tell promptings from triggers. Now, triggers are when you take the events of the past, superimpose them on the present, and make a rerun out of the future. In other words, you're responding to something that happened in the past and projecting it onto the present. But promptings are when you're aligned with yourself and yourself aligned with nature enough that you simply know where to be and when to be there. I call it the Mr. Magoo factor. You remember how Mr. Magoo, he'd be blind and he'd just walk on through and, the, you know, the, the thing would swing down and carry him up three stories. And when he walked mm-hmm. off and he swung, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's our birthright. You know, I, I really love nature and I've watched animals a lot. And when they had, the, you know, during the big tsunami, every animal that wasn't pinned up went for higher ground. Mm-hmm. It was only the people that were out there scratching around pulling the fish off the bottom of the ocean. What goes out comes back, you know. Right. But the animals, they weren't sticking around. Yeah, they're and smart. We have, that's our birthright. That's mm-hmm. our birthright. But we have so disconnected from the planet that we don't have those promptings anymore. We've asked it's, and it's a shame. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't. You know, And, and so, yeah, that is the, um, the promptings. When you mention trigger, you know, you say, okay, so that's the prompting. What's the trigger? Okay, a trigger um, is uh, when you've had damage, okay, and you haven't healed from the damage. So say uh, every time you got into a relationship, it went south. And so uh, it went south, say, for instance, because there was somebody that the person would go for instead of you. And so you're in a relationship, and it's a good relationship, and a good-looking girl walks by. All of a sudden, you don't trust the guy. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, mm-hmm. he didn't even see her, but the trigger is, oh, uh-oh, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen oh, again. Oh, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're actually coming from old pain body, old fear, rather than a true prompting. Okay, rather than a true prompting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prompting is more of a signal to help you and guide you, whereas a trigger may be something that you're bringing from within. Exactly. It's coming from your damage yeah. rather than yep. from the world around you. And we all come in with our own baggage of da- you know, baggage of damaged goods that we need to work through. And then we add to it. <laughs> like, I'll add to this pile. That's not the pile you want to add to. You no. know? <laughs> not unless you're composting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I mean, oh, which is a good thing. But, you know. <laughs> but oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I believe in being, it, it comes down to really an awareness factor and being aware of what those signals are because you can, just by being aware, you do go back to your natural state of being and you do allow your, your, your own authentic self, your higher self will speak to you and say this is what you need to do if you're aware. Right, and part of becoming aware is deprogramming because the system from the fourth world has programmed us to be automatrons, if you will, and sit and drill in front of a TV set and believe what you're told and pump your money and your energy into the belief system of the system. And the um, reality is dictated by frequency. Even Einstein said, match the frequency of the reality you want, and you can't help but get that reality. This is not, um, you know, this is physics. 
It just right. straight physics. And so what what in the fourth world uh, we were programmed to hold a particular reality, to believe in a particular reality. And if all of us believe in a particular reality, that's the reality we create. But the whole point of it is we are creating it unconsciously, now, but we're creating it. So if we can start to deprogram the parts of us that are bought into the system, we can create the reality we want versus the one that we've been programmed to create. I think people have a tough time understanding how to match the frequency of what it is that they want to create. Yeah, there's a lot of that about that in the book because it does seem mm-hmm. complex. Because we've been we've been taught that we are 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 helpless and we have no power. And so how do we how do we match a reality? Well, it's through intention. The right. problem is we're mostly living through unconscious intention of avoidance, okay? Mm-hmm. Um because of our damage and our fear. But if we can bring our intention conscious and consciously wield our intention, that shifts the frequency at the quantum level and creates the reality we want versus the one we've been left with. And so many times people will say, but if I have an intention at a subconscious level, how do I know? And I I find that amusing, sort of. Because well, we, we all know. have intention at unconscious levels. The key yeah, is but the way you know more is conscious. that... Yeah. Exactly. The, the way you know is because you're not creating what you want. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You don't like what you see? Well, look at your bottom line. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, you got to change the change the intention and really focus on it and stay and not obsess, but stay focused and have no doubt. Exactly. I have this little exercise that I teach, um, and I call it the why exercise. And I always have everybody say, okay, we want a bottom line um, because it's the, it's the conditions under which we want to set our intent. And so, but to get a, a bottom line conscious, we do the why exercise. So it goes something like this. I want to win the lottery. Why? Well, because I want to have lots of money. Why? Well, so people will think well of me, like I look like I'm worth something. Why? Well, so they'll love me. So you don't want to win the lottery. You want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So that little exercise, simple as it seems, really can kind of hack away until you get to a more clear intent. Yeah, the true intent that you that you want and need in your life to create. Yeah, mostly we're creating solutions rather than our true intent. Mhm. Mhm. Or a way to get somewhere. Exactly, and and that's all based on what we've been taught is and isn't possible. Exactly, and that's the shame of it all. Because where we come in knowing, we come in knowing. That's that's the sentence right there. We come in knowing, <laughs> and then society, our parents, the teachers, siblings get their hands on us, and now the knowing is going away. The older you get, the less knowing you have, and your your brain is just the neural pathways are changed to believe certain things. But you can change all of those. You can once you're aware and you understand that I can change, you know, my the beliefs that I was brought in believing I can't do this, you can't have that, you can't be this, you can't do that. Yes, you can. All of it. All of it. You're limitless. You're limitless, exactly. but you have to believe it. And what's so fun is now as we move into the fifth world, as we come into the Aquarian era, that is what's being supported. Yes. Yes. Now these uh these frequencies that we all have and we're trying to match, what does shamanism have to do with the frequencies? Well, actually, shaman are frequency masters. 
that's the bottom line is that's what they do <laughs> um the true ones and so uh through ritual they manage frequency at the quantum level so if i'm doing say for instance a shamanic healing for somebody my job is to find where they've disconnected from some of their natural expression and to help them reconnect with the frequency that they've disconnected from which opens up new possibilities in their life because now once again they have more uh, mobility, more frequency mobility. The key to being able to manifest is frequency mobility. And the way to get there is through processing and healing where you've disconnected from your natural expression on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. And like I said, I write a, a lot about that in the book. Yes, yes, you do. The And I'm sure that... You know, if if anybody, we are speaking with with Gwilda Wiecka, author of So We're Still Here, Now What? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. And you can learn more about Gwilda by visiting her website, www.gwildawiecka. And I will spell that for you. It's W-I-Y-A-K-A. So it's Gwilda, G-W-I-L-D-A, Wiecka, W-I-Y-A-K-A.com. And, yes, you do speak about that a lot in your book. And uh, it's interesting because... In doing energy therapy, I can relate to a lot of these different things that you're doing, and yet it's different. Yes, it is. It is and it isn't. Um, energy therapy is is a shamanic skill, and mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're offering the frequency to the organ or to the person based on their bottom line and intent that they need to correct the imbalance that's causing them dis-ease. That's energy therapy. The problem is we can't shovel poop with a feather. If someone is so dense and and so I don't mean dense dumb but you know right. numbed out drugged out low frequency sometimes we have to boost it with drugs and you know chemicals and stuff to get them moving first and then start mm-hmm. replacing them with herbs and then start replacing them with um, essential oils and then start replacing them with homeopathy and then start moving working with energy therapy so you sometimes people just absolutely have to stair step up from rock bottom and that's what i mean that there's a place for all of these frequencies and all of these treatments but ultimately i see illness is simply a frequency imbalance all illness can be mm-hmm. healed through correction of frequency. Yeah, I believe that too. And when people come in here and, and I explain that to them and I say, you know, it's just it's just your frequencies are off. That's all it is is an imbalance because the imbalances cause disease. And I don't mean necessarily disease, but dis-ease, discomfort. There's a lot going on. And it's it's not an easy thing to explain to people because they don't get it, nor does, you know, conventional medicine really truly get it at this point. But it is something that I think is coming through right now more. We're certainly seeing an increase in different modalities across the board. And I think conventional sciences or conventional medicine is now, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of leeway here, you know, and saying, okay, this stuff does work because I know I get referred patients all the time because they know there's something up with this they might not know what it is or get it but they do understand it works with it and like you i believe that yeah we're not completely there yet we do need to it's not to be used in lieu of medicine it's to be used in conjunction with at this point exactly you know we need all of the different um we need the expansive treatments because we're an expansive people at this point yes yeah now in your book you talk about our relative position in the universe and evolution what does that position 
I don't know, at, you know, like now or at any given time have to do with evolution? Okay. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff going on right now. So like we said, we're moving out of the fourth world into the fifth world of the Mayan calendar, which um, is simply a place. You know, Einstein again in his theory of relativity, everything is relative. And what manifests is based on that relativity and what's available to us to work with frequency-wise. So what's happening right now is all sorts of things. One, it's moving from the fourth world into the fifth world. We are moving into the age of Aquarius, which is a much higher frequency time. It's directly in a high-frequency band of particles called the photon band. Our uh, procession of equinoxes has directed the North Pole towards galactic center, at this, also at this exact time. And galactic center has a black hole in the center of it that sucks in matter and then spews out all sorts of um, uh, waves from gamma rays to x-rays that's measurable from Earth. If it's measurable from Earth, it has an effect on Earth. So when our North Pole is pointing in that direction, the North Pole is where the magnetics of the Earth pull things into her. And the south is where it pushes it out. So wherever that north pole is directed is it's drawing on the frequency there. So all this is going on at the same time that the entire solar system is moving into this higher frequency place that's starting to really excite the the sun and all the plasma around the planet. Some planet, all the planets are heating. Some of them have had polar shifts already. Some of them are actually forming uh, atmospheres that didn't have them. And all this is happening within the last, you know, 15, 20 years. So this is an unprecedented level of frequency that we're not used to being into. It's like taking us out of a convection oven and putting us in a microwave. And um, so that all has to do with where we are at any given time in the universe. What's interesting is all this stuff happens cyclically. Okay, everything mm-hmm. moves around. The Earth moves around the Sun. The Sun moves around the universe. And, you know, the universe moves around other universes out there, galaxies out there. And um, so, like, we have the arm of the Sagittarius Dwarf Galaxy moving through our space right now. All of these things shift on a moment-by-moment basis, and their influences shift accordingly. But what the Mayan calendar did was map the frequency shifts. And if you study the Mayan calendar, it absolutely predicted the movement of humankind on the planet throughout history. It just lined up completely. And now is a time of coming into unity, according to the Mayan calendar. Okay. So all of this is happening, and it, it also interplays with the seasons, the equinoxes, the solstices, the astrological signs, all of that. And it has to do with our own individual power. Correct. Exactly, because we also express according to frequency, um, and we come in at a, on a particular time, a particular date, and that is a particular frequency that we carry through our lifetime, and that's right. called our sign of the zodiac. And what that is was the exact configuration of relativity where the earth was, and that's why people that do your uh, um, horoscope not only want the date and the time, but they want the location. Because Mm -hmm. even that has an effect on the frequency that you carry. But what's important is that it's not like we're a victim of being this frequency, but rather that's the wave that moves through our life. Where we ride it is totally up to us. We can either be washed underneath it, or we can ride in the sweet spot on top. Yes, and I think right now with the energy the way it is, a lot of people are not riding the sweet spot on top. 
It's it's a moving target. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly, yes, yes. But what's really interesting is when you talk about the astrological signs, uh, you know, I have friends who are astrologers and numerologists, psychics and mediums and all that stuff, and I have a very good friend who is an excellent numerologist, and every single one of these things just validates the other one. When you look at it, if you have your numerology done and then you go and you talk to an astrologer, you are basically going to get the same reading. Exactly. Because it's all math. Exactly. It is math. And math is is a formula of relativity. And that's why they use math formulas to prove theories. Well, and math is what everything's based on. Exactly. It's a map. It's a relativity map or a frequency map. The, it's the numbers don't. It is amazing because the numbers don't lie, and the astrology doesn't lie. But people will say, "Well, I don't think my astrology is correct." Well, you need somebody who really knows what they're doing. First of all, you know, you can't just go to somebody who will read the horoscope in the newspaper and, and tell you this is what it's going to be. Because there are so many things that interplay with it. As you said, there's twelve houses. Everybody's twelve houses are a different sign. You know, people are born at a different time in a different location. You've got a rising sign. That's your first house. You know, then you go into numerology. And it's very interesting that one thing validates the other. It is. And that's where we started this conversation. Of I talk about so many different things because they are all coming together. When you reach a high enough frequency, there's a point of unity where everything starts to make sense. And these are the days the truth can't hide. In the slower frequencies, the more polarized area, things are moving slower. And it's like a freeze-frame photograph. You can make up any story around that picture you want to. But when it's moving faster, it's more like a moving picture, then you see exactly what's going on. And that's why all these things are coming to the surface now that have been hidden heretofore. Now, you had meant, it's interesting because you just mentioned the word truth. Why did you say in your book that there is no ultimate truth? Because truth is uh, also relative. Um, It depends. At each frequency, there's a different level of understanding. And so as we go up or down the rung of frequency, um, then there's a different truth. It's all in a Mm -hmm. continuum, but it's different. It's like, so say, for instance, if I'm going to go talk to a room full of kindergartners, I'm going to absolutely tell them the truth. But I'm not going to tell them the truth that I would say on the same subject to someone of my age. Okay. So the birds and the bees say, for instance. Well, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and it's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm such a high frequency, I'm talking down to these people. No. What I'm finding is as I continue to work on myself and I continue to evolve and I continue to clear the places in me that are not my natural expression, my grasp of reality expands exponentially. It's amazing. And it's all, yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that too, because it's not just the truth that you give to the children versus the adults, okay, on the same topic. It's the truth that you believe in yourself. Exactly, the truth that you can be open to, the enlightenment. And we have to sometimes let go of what we believe to embrace what is. Well, and I guess that's what it is. It's it's a change almost in belief. For instance, you know, there was a, I was brought up where, you know, okay, black and white, you did it or you didn't do it. It was right, it was wrong. And now I look at things differently and I think there really is no right or wrong. 
And people are like, what are you, crazy? Of course, there's a right or wrong. It's like, no, it's not for me to judge. Who am I to say what somebody else's journey is? Their journey is to come in and do whatever they're doing. And if that means that something occurs that the rest of us don't like, that is their journey. So the truth to me is, well, that's their journey. It's not, I'm not here to judge them. Exactly. It's so important to trust another person's path. There's a, a, um, a verse in the Bible, and in fact, I think the birds wrote a song um, based on it. To everything there's a season and a time mm-hmm. to every purpose under heaven. And there, there again, you're dealing with the relativity and the frequency that, no, you know, time to plant, a time to reap. You know, that we, we see this in nature, okay? If I go out there and try to pull up my plants right now and eat an onion, I'm going to be coming up empty-handed. Okay, but if I wait and I nurture it and I tend it in the fall, I'll have an onion to fry. We know this. We see this. We work with this all the time, but we don't recognize it in ourselves, that there is no right or wrong. It's just a matter of timing and appropriateness based on our intent and bottom line. Yes, and, you know, it's funny because I just had a conversation with somebody the other day, and I said, you know, if everybody just tended to their own energy field, we wouldn't have half the problems that we have. You know, (laughs) it's very true. I mean, you know, if you just, instead of having people ask, I remember there was a big court case that came up, and people were condemning uh, a young woman, and somebody said, well, don't you think she's wrong? I said, no. And they said, that was fast. I said, I don't think she's right or wrong. I think it just is what it is. You know, I'm exactly. not, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know the whole story. This was part of her journey. What happened to her and her daughter was meant to happen. I really believe that. The way it came down, I don't know, but I'm not on the jury. I wouldn't want to be on a jury because I don't feel that I can, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a position to judge anybody. This is part of their journey. I'm sorry, but things happen for a reason. And I believe that of everything. And I know some people don't, and there are probably listeners saying, oh, T, you can't possibly believe that, you know, when children die, let's say, they say, you know, you can't possibly believe that that's meant and that, and I do. I do. Oh, I'm I believe, totally I, with you. Yeah, I believe that they came in knowing. We all come in knowing. We just don't know when. But that's why before people pass, they know. They know they're going. Exactly. At some because level, Because on some level, know. that choice has been made. Yeah, on some level, they know, and they act different, too. Mm-hmm. You can almost tell if you go back, if you really go back and look. I've been in too many hospice situations. And if you go back and look and see how their life was lived and how they got a little bit nicer toward the end or they were trying to um, make up for things toward the end, something shifted in them. They knew. Right. They and knew they were, they were to, going. Yes. Trying to, to close things out. Yes. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that has a, a lot to do with it. So the power that we have from all of this you know, what prevents people from misusing this power once they get it? Oh, that's, that's so great because nature just has these wonderful checks and balances in place. If we are unprocessed and damaged and would abuse power, we're too low frequency to have much. <laughs> we have to process out our damage in order to access the power that's available in the balance. Because everything expresses according to a toroidal field. A toroidal field is built when a positive and a negative pass equal measure around a neutral center. So that's the basis behind generating electricity. That's the basis behind generating spiritual power. And each of our chakras is a toroidal field. The Earth's Mm -hmm. magnetic field is a toroidal field. The galaxy is a toroidal field. So if you can imagine all these little toroidal fields, if there's imbalance, which is what's created when there is damage and unprocessed places, the toroidal field can't spin, it falls, and there's no power. 
once you start processing out the damage, then you get more perpetual motion and you build more power. Once we've processed out our damage, we don't tend to abuse power. If we fall back into a place where we want to abuse power, you know, then you're going into sorcery and it has a nasty backlash mm-hmm. because you can only do it so long and you go into such an imbalance that you just crash. Right. And, yeah, and we see that happen a lot. Exactly. You know, and people feel that, I mean, there are people who feel, you know, I'm doing everything right. I'm I'm living by the rules and yet I have nothing. Exactly. That, and that, you know, that's, you, you, what do you mean you have nothing? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, I'm not further ahead. Uh, you know, I'm not married. I don't have um, children. I don't have a home. Um, I, I, you know, I don't have a, a permanent job. I don't, you know, whatever it is that's going on in their life, we hear it all, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I have to wonder, you know, sometimes when you explain to them, but you can have it all, it's really quite simple. I, I think it's, they're asking the question, at some level they want to do better and have it all, but how do you get around that? How do you change that frequency with those people? Well, again, each according to their gifts and each according to their limitations. Um, but a lot of people are very much in victim. You know, I'm doing, I'm following the rules, I'm doing all the right things, why aren't I being rewarded? And that's based on a reward and punishment, guilt, uh, and, and, and is per, um, perpetuated by guilt. Guilt is something that's programmed into us. It doesn't belong on us. We try to get things right, and I put quotation marks around that, um, and expect results. But actually, we're not living by our, according to our natural promptings. We're not living according to our natural expression. We are towing the line for something the system has taught us is, quotation marks, right. And so, of course, we're not going to generate any power that way because we aren't coming from our true uh, expression and therefore we aren't building a balanced toroidal field of power within our field and we have nothing to draw on. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because at the start of the uh, show, I stated in the introduction that you're the founder, director, and owner of Path Home Shamanic Art School, which is a Colorado State certified occupational school that trains and certifies shamanic practitioners and instructors. Okay. But do you also train people so they can do this for themselves? Yes, I do. And I call that portion the map home. Um, and you'll notice the book that I wrote is uh, the first in the series, uh, Map yes. Home series. And what mm-hmm. that's designed around is helping the average individual take advantage of the opportunity we now have to evolve spiritually, to build personal power, and to manifest the lives we want. Okay. And so people could – could uh, now, do you have to go to where you are, or, or are there online courses that are available? Actually, there's online courses that are available, and I am going to be doing retreats as well. But the school's address is findyourpathhome.com. And within there, there's online courses that will teach how to start setting sacred, sacred space, the principles behind ceremony. Eventually, I'm going to have the entire block one of the um, uh, certification program up. And those are very empowering. And those are things that I teach in the Map Home classes is how to do simple ceremony to clarify your intent, how to build a toroidal field uh, in cooperation with the toroidal field of the Earth's magnetic field to empower your intent and to help rebalance your life. So it's it's some fun stuff. Yeah, it is some fun stuff. And it's not necessarily so that they are going toward being a certified uh, 
you know, uh, shamanic practitioner or instructor. They're they're going as a student to learn from these people. Exactly. Correct? They're 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 going as a student to learn how life works and how they can make their life work within it, um, and to empower themselves. It's a it's a personally empowering thing. That was the whole principle behind the book. Is I I see all this stuff happening. And I see all this intensity going on. I see people suffering and people are lost. They don't know where to turn. And yet. The life, you know, the world is our apple if, if we just get these principles and work them in our lives. And so we don't have to flounder around there believing in lies and feeling powerless. You know, and the thing, too, is that these principles, and it's, some of it is just, it's so easy. It really is easy. Yeah. But it's, it's not, easy. and it's easy, but it's not always simple. But it is easy. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it, just look to nature. Yes. Just look to nature. It's it's reflected there. You know, human beings went into this polarized dog eat dog parasitic kind of world, but nature never did. Right. Okay. You can learn There's a lot synergy from out there all the time. Yeah, you can learn a lot from nature. There's synergy in a storm. Exactly. You know, there's synergy in, in everything. If you just are aware and you and you look to it, you can learn from it. It's interesting you just brought up sacred space. We've talked about that a lot on this show. <laughs> oh, neat. I think it's it's one of the hallmarks. There's um, classes I call the four basics, and now actually it's the five basics. But one is the shamanic journey, and I have two different levels of shamanic journey training. And that, within a day, I can train a person to go into the shamanic journey trance and get answers direct from spirit and from their higher selves rather than having to ask somebody else what God meant when he said, if you would. <laughs> okay. okay, so they just direct access to spiritual information, which just base their decisions on, okay? And then there's the other class called Sacred Space, and this is how to build this high-frequency environment to live and work in so that you can connect with the frequency of the planet and bring it into your environment. And that creates an unbelievable protection. It creates creativity. Um, it, it's an amazing, powerful thing, and it's just another day class. It'll, it'll eventually be up as an online class as well. It, it's it's interesting because uh, we've talked about it a lot, and my people will say to me when they come to my home, "Wow, this just feels really good. The energy is good here." And I, and I always say, "Yeah, it's sacred space. It's sacred mm-hmm. space." I've always said, "It's sacred space." It's when you hit the driveway, it's sacred space. The the property is a National Wildlife Federation conservation. I don't know what it's mm. called. I call it National Wildlife Sacred Space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I I'm love sure it. they don't appreciate it, but it, there's a sign out there. I just don't read it. And the, um, <laughs> you know, the animals know because they come here. I mean, there's bear and deer and, you know, you name it, they're they're here. And, uh, you know, I just, anything can be a sacred space, and all of these things help to create more. So exactly. when you are in a sacred space, you are creating more and more easily and quickly and to use a word that some people don't like, you can manifest things a whole lot faster when you're in a sacred space than when you're not. Exactly, because you're in a toroidal field that has perpetual motion and mm-hmm. creates balance, and therefore you're coming from a balanced place which has less resistance, and you can move faster. Right. I mean, I built a 50-foot, seven-circuit labyrinth in my yard, and oh, you can't wow. really see. It's like a secret garden. So there's a little path from the house that you can get to that nobody knows about, and then there's a path from near the lake that... You walk under a pergola, and all of a sudden it opens up, and there's this labyrinth. And built it by hand, went out and asked Gaia, where do you want me to put it? 
And in the spring, there was a circle of reeds that were just lay, laying down. It almost looked like a crop circle. And I thought, okay, well, that's the answer. <laughs> that would be the location. I understand. <laughs> Quick, go out and rake it before you have to, you know, do anything else. And so that's where I built it. That's sacred space. So much so that people come out of there crying their eyes out. Yeah. Crying their eyes out, people who don't cry. So I know that it's not just me saying it's sacred space. Once you mandate something as sacred space, it does change. And people think, that's just crazy. No, it's not. It's real. It's very real. And every person that creates sacred space is creating an anchor for spirit in the mundane. The more of us that do it, the more anchors or sacred sites there are on the planet and the more support there's going to be through these earth changes. Yes, yes, and 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 it doesn't. You don't have to build a you know a labyrinth in your yard to have sacred space. The first yeah. sacred space I ever had was a master bedroom in the house. Exactly, it was all sacred space. You can't fight in here. No, no fighting. <laughs> fight outside the door. You come in here. This is sacred space, baby. You know, you're not fighting with me in here. We, there are no harsh words in this room. No, 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 no. And that was always like a rule. And I don't know where I got that from. I just made it up. <laughs> well, it's no, it's a knowing that we do come with if we listen to it. Yes, and I must have listened because I did take it to heart seriously, and it's, you know, it's a rule that lives on, you know. And now, of course, it's encroached the entire house, the yard, the driveway. Soon it will be the street. You know? <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors will be like, what do you mean we all live on Sacred Space Street? Yes, we do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's really cool because it does, and also when you enter these areas, you you can shift your own energy very quickly and all of a sudden the troubles that you have really are not so bad because now you're in a in a safe, it's a safe place for me. Exactly, and that's what I teach my students. I say, now, when you come in, we're going to sage, um, pass the sage smoke over you, and what you do is you use your intent to leave all your angst and self-judgment and all the things that aren't going to serve you in this process out the, outside the door. Now, you're welcome to pick them up on your way back out, but if you don't, I'll sweep them away later. <laughs> okay? And we joke yeah. around about it, but seriously, I have people take off their shoes, not because I mind cleaning the house, but because you stop, you take off your shoes. It, it, it creates a shift in, yep. oh, this is a special I'm place. Yes. I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, just all these little tools that you learn to use. And it's like, I've kept my house in sacred space for years. And I have to tell you, it's really, really amazing. I've got a dove, a ring-necked turtle dove in a cage. I wouldn't have bought one, but it was gifted to me. And he is 24 years old. My last my last dog died one year shy of her 19th birthday. I had a cat that finally gave up the ghost at 23. Wow. That's all, that's, that's, you know, plants that just, you know, people come and they said, is that the same bouquet you had here two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> Looks fresh. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I bring flowers in the house and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. These flowers last forever. And exactly. I didn't think about it, but that's why, isn't it? It is, because sacred space is a balanced toroidal field. There's less drag. There's less drag. There's less aging. There's less decay. Everything is supported. See, people, it's, this is an age-defying tip. <laughs> you know, when you get off this Anti-aging. show, you, you, that's right. You don't need the skin cream and everything. When you get off this show, you start declaring sacred space. But you know, you really have to stick to it. You really, you just can't say, okay, this is sacred space, and the next day you go in and it's not. You know, it has to be. I have a method that I teach, and it's actually one of the classes that's online, of how to set a very simple altar so that you can focus your intent to manage and 
you know, keep reestablishing sacred space in your in your home. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing. I cannot believe this. We're almost out of time. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but before we say goodbye, would you please tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, your work, and how and where they can purchase your book and, and your school, whatever it is you want to promote. I think this is great. I, I know I'm going to look stuff up, you know, and see what classes I can take because this is just too interesting to me. <laughs> oh, thank you, T. Well, my, my personal website is com. That's G-W-I-L-D-A. W-I-Y-A-K-A dot com. You can find my book there. You can also purchase it at Amazon.com or GranitePlanet.net, any number of bookstores as well. Um, The school's website is FindYourPathHome.com, and that's where you can find all sorts of information about the MAP Home retreats that we're having or the certifications of the school or the online courses. Um, Also, uh, one of the hallmarks of being able to um, heal and and, um, evolve is shamanic healing, and we have long-distance shamanic practitioners that you can find at FindYourPathHome.com to have a private session uh, long-distance with myself or other um, graduates of the school. So I think I covered it, didn't I? I think so, and I just want to add that this book, So We're Still Here, Now What? It is so diverse. As I said earlier, and I'm not going to remember everything, the Mayan calendar, indigenous legends, um, everything from chakras, physics, anatomy, astronomy, astrology, nutrition. Um, it's got so much stuff in it. You will love this book. It's something that can help you change your life, and you'll just see things differently. I can't, I can't say enough how it's really cool and the different things that it has in it in one place and you speak to them all so well. It's easy to understand. It's not like you have to go to 10 different books to find out about something. This book has it all. And it is a quick read, and it's not that long. So, you know, it's a couple hundred pages. It, you know, it's just a wonderful book. I, I would urge everyone to go out there and, and get the book and start reading more about it and learn more about it so that you can shift things in your life a whole lot more easily. You know, um, I just think it's great. So Thank you so much, Gwilda, again, for sharing your time with all of us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show tonight. It went by way, way, way too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, T. I had a blast. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. You know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so share it with your friends. Send the link to the show. You know, make them aware of all the wonderful things that are offered on Energy Awareness Radio. All of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all, and as you all know, they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy Awareness Radio from all of my wonderful guests. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. Mark your calendar now. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year. There is a Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl concert on the lake at my home this Sunday at 2 o'clock if you're in the tri-state area, and then you'll be able to walk the labyrinth. It's a wonderful time, and we are expecting great weather, so we're intending that. Hope to see anyone there who wants to show up. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Oh, 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 oh.
found it. 